Hey guys, how's it going? I'm here with the legendary Oscar Stagnaro, who is... <laughs> <laughs> you are, man. I've been following you for years. Wow. And uh, Oscar is one of the, you know, main guys in the Berkeley faculty. And uh, you tour still, just not just teach, but you need to... You need to play regularly as well, and you've played with some of the, you know, some amazing, amazing stars. But how did you actually like get into this racket in the first place? Was it always bass you were into? Did you come from a musical family? Like, what? How did you get into it? All right, uh, this is funny. What I'm gonna say? I started playing bass in an acoustic guitar because back in Peru with my brother Ramon, that is a guitar yeah. player. We used to play surf music. Do you know what? Surf, surf music, yeah. Do you know the Ventures? That's way, way long really? time ago. Really? Yeah, wow. so my brother used to play a first guitar and there was another company guitar. And then yeah. I was designed to, uh, or, you know, punished to play the bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On an acoustic guitar. guitar, but yeah. with the four strings. Yeah, well, with the 16 bit, but I wouldn't have, a, you know, I wouldn't have money at that time to, yeah. to, make, to buy instruments. And the bike in Peru was very expensive to buy an instrument. So we have all acoustic guitars all the time. Yeah, yeah. So then we started playing Wipeout and Walk Don't Run and, oh, you know, Apache. And yeah, 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 tunes, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we slowly move, we move on to more like uh, American rock, like Santana. Anna, but you know, so we did. We have a cover band that play uh, grand funk. Oh right, yeah. yeah so yeah, we yeah. move from Santana, grand funk. We move on like that. Yeah. And how old are you at this point? Uh, 16, 17, yeah. Yeah, 18, Yeah. And then, like, when, like, obviously, you teach in Berkeley now. Yes. Like, yeah. when did you get your first bass? And when did you decide this is, you know, I'm going to do this? Yeah. So that's our second. I mean, the continuation. I got a Italian bass in a violin shape called Echo. I don't know if you know those. I, my first guitar was an Echo guitar. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, action like this, yeah. Yeah, action remember, like yeah. that. And only the three notes, you know, the first three frets work and tune. Yeah, yeah. All the rest is like... Yeah, like unplayable, yeah. It lasted like two years. So we start working and making a little bread and so on. Then I move on to... Uh, copy of a Hofner, an old violin is like a clita, that's a German bass. Yeah, right, okay. Then I, if I got an Ibanez, a Japanese Ibanez in yeah, that time, yeah. which uh, also, the, the intonation and so on. But in 1975, I got a use precision bass. Got you. Yeah. And that was like, you know. And were you working at this point? Yes. As a musician? Yes, yeah. And were you always going to be a musician? Do you think it was just in your blood or? Well, my dad was not a musician, but uh, my brother and I, we are both musicians, you know. So it's funny the way, you know, somebody in the family have all these genes before. So it was very cool. And uh, with my brother, we did a lot of recording uh, jingles and play with the quartet, big bands and so on. So we have a... In Peru, yeah. Back in Peru, like from 70 to 79. So that's when I moved to the States. What was the scene like in Peru? Was it a big At scene? At the time, it was great, yeah. yeah. We have great musicians that I learned a lot from them. You know, I didn't know how to read. My first uh, recording was a jingle. Yeah. And they only have one stop on the first beat. And I mess it up all the time. <laughs> and we were recording live, like 15 people. Oh, no. All the horn players read it. And I have to stay there with uh, the drummer, a friend of mine, that is, okay, run the track. And then stop. And I stopped. You know, yeah, that was yeah. it, you know. Because I couldn't count. You know, I just read the chord symbols and I could have the feel. But then I decided to go to the conservatory in Peru. Right. Okay. When did you go there? That's 1971. And how old were you then? 22, I guess, 21. Was yeah. it but, kind of like, I need to get my shit together, I'm going yes, to get serious about yes, this. Yeah. yeah, so I learned how, I mean, the concept of how to study and the concept of like everything, everything that you have to 
to learn it has a discipline a way to do it yeah so you cannot skip steps yeah and so you have to go half note quarter note eight yeah, note, yeah absolutely and, yeah. and then you, everything together you know it's yeah. like a, when you start first putting words together you get the vowels and the consonants and how somehow they mix the same thing with it before you went to music school were you interested in like south american music or were you still rocking out on the surf stuff? Yeah, well, uh, like every, I mean, probably 99% of the bass players, we start with rock, I'm guessing, you know. Yeah. There's just a few go or discover jazz before yeah. rock, <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. you know, at that time, rock was huge. And it also, the movement, the rock movement in Peru in the 70s was huge. We have, like, a lot of bands that we played on, on Sundays. At the movie theaters, we have, like, a f whole marathon of, like, six, seven bands right in the <laughs> yeah, other one. Yeah, yeah. And also we yeah. just play there and have fun. But then uh, when I, in 1975, actually, a friend of mine brought a cassette that had a Jago's Teen Town and then Stanley Clark's Spain. And right, that was okay, it. Yeah. You know, so. And you were in music school by that, by that point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, but, but at that time we have a, a military government for uh, like... 69 to 79 so the american american music was gone in it was a way not allowed. so whatever rock we have was a, the surviving rock and they slowly fade out as well so in the radios they start fading out all the well, so they didn't play any american music at all once yeah it was very hard very hard and how long was that for like 10 if six years first and then the the guy that uh, was the president there then he passed away and another guy with a different mentality he started opening up again right okay you know? yeah. so it's like an underground thing you know hey, yeah heard, yeah have you heard because, this band yeah yeah, yeah yeah because we have to wait until like a, a purser from uh, one of the airlines brought something for a guy and the guy said oh man i got this city what? So, yes. like drugs. Yeah. yeah, or books as well, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Cassette smuggling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I said after listening to Stanley Clark and Jacob. I want to play like that. I said, yeah, sure. But it's not easy at all. Yeah, it, yeah. Would, it will take another lifetime to be able to accomplish a little bit of what they play. And is that when you, because it was around 75, yeah, you ended up moving to the States? Yeah, right? I moved to the States in 1979. And were you sort of like, were you a professional musician at that time yeah, in yeah. Peru? Yeah, I studied uh, from 70 to 72, I studied industrial engineering for Great. two years. Yeah. But and then I get out and then I start playing nightclubs, yeah. you know. Then I went to an orchestra and I, I started to read. So yeah. I, I used to be a sub for a lot of dance bands. So I, I, I mainly play with a band called Black Sugar, but this, I'm friends with all the bass players, so yeah. I, I mean, everybody needed a sub at that time, so I was moving from different orchestras and reading. And what style of music were you? Oh, uh, in order to work in Peru, you have to flares like top 40s yeah. salsa and the, uh, music from from peru so from you have peru, to yeah. yeah so you have to be very versatile. so that whole sort of like south american thing was just it was all happening yes. there, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah if not you won't i mean you won't work you're not gonna work no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you like when you moved in 1979 to the states where did you go i went to boston yeah did you go to go to Berkeley? No, I didn't. You didn't? Berkeley. No, no. So why did you move to Boston? Because my wife was there. Ah, <laughs> you were chasing a lady. <laughs> yeah, I was chasing her, yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Amazing. And yeah. it just so happened that Berkeley, was Berkeley open in that year? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, we were going together for five years before she moved to the States. But right, she was the one that told me, I know that if I don't go, you're never going to leave Peru. Yeah. And what was it like when you got to Boston? I, I went there in February. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Yeah, and my but wife said, Nice. Yeah, yeah. Said, oh, did she oh, warn you? Did yes, she like, I've got 
I've got something to tell you. <laughs> I asked her, what, what's the weather there? It's like, uh, oh, it's just 28. I said, 28? Okay, great. So it's, because in, in Latin America, it's 28 Celsius. Celsius. I was 28 she was, Fahrenheit. She was saying Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah. But then she never mentioned Fahrenheit. It's 28. <laughs> so I went there and it's like, whoops, like snow. I don't know. So I cried like <laughs> two months. I wanted to go back. Oh, did you want to go uh, back? Yeah. 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 Because I... I went with no base because the visa. I don't know, it's a little. Oh, you are joking. Yeah. So you turned up, it was like 28 Fahrenheit, it's freezing, no base. Did you think to yourself, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be a professional musician, I'm going to go do it in Boston? Well, the challenge was like uh, in Peru, I was already, you know, reached the ceiling, and the only thing left in Peru is or write jingles or have your own dance band. Yeah. Because teaching, there is no way that you could okay. survive. So she saw that before me. I was happy playing every night, you know, yeah. forever. Yeah. You, but the money that you will make, it wouldn't be enough to support a family, for yeah. example. But so she was aware of it and then she went out. Did you have any kids at this time? <laughs> no, 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 no. She had a master plan. I'm, I'm seeing this master plan of her. Yeah, she's like, you need to get some more money. We're yeah. moving to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then uh, in Boston, I met great people. I learned a lot from the beginning, you know, yeah. because when you are living in a Latin time, I mean, in a country like mine that is doesn't have that much access to education, first yeah. of all. So once you see people performing live in another level, it's like yeah. less on every night, you know. And was it a bit higher level in Boston? Yeah, in yeah, kids yeah. like 18, 19 year old playing great all the time. Victor Bailey was, I saw Victor Bailey when he just went to Oh really, to was, Boston. He, was he yeah. in Berkeley? Yeah, well? 18 yeah, yeah. year old, and I was like, oh, wow. what is this? You know, when they started, like two centuries ago. Yeah, because I suppose, yeah. like, obviously there was no internet back then, so no. you couldn't really do any research no. in terms of like finding out what Boston was like. Yeah. You moved there totally yeah, cold, zero, you no, didn't know didn't what know it was like or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what did you do? Like, did you start going to jam sessions? Did I you went to Berkeley. Pick up the phone. You went to Berkeley. Yeah, I went to Berkeley, and then I stayed for a morning listening to the bass le department lessons. I said, yeah. "Oh, I didn't know this. I don't know that." You know, just checking out what yeah, I know, yeah. what I don't know. Yeah. And then I started meeting people. I did my English was, was very. I mean, I have zero. You know, even though I study English in Peru, but once you um, listen to an American guy talk. You know, one Especially word. in Boston, like Boston's quite a thick accent as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So then uh, I was lost, you know, yeah. and I thought I could understand. Forget it. And how um, old are you at this point? 25. 25. Yeah. So, no. you did, so you went to Berkeley, but you didn't actually enroll or anything like no. that. You were just hanging out and there, I just checking out yes, the players. Yes, and yeah. then I played with a lot of people from there because I could read and I, you know, met some Spanish guys. And then start playing in Latin, you know. Somehow people see in you somebody that, that, that they can trust. If they give you the music, you're going to learn it, and then you're going to be a good, do a good job. Yeah, and yeah. then you build up your prestige slowly, you know. And that's something that I always tell the students, you know. No matter how good you play, you have to build up your prestige. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. Without that, there's no way that you're going to go. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, and then keep the prestige even harder. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. you lose yeah. it. You could lose it right away. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's been being the norm for me for all these years. And you know? learn as much as I can. Ask questions. I always ask questions to people that I see playing. And I have. I'm not afraid. Or 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 asking me. Oh, how you put your finger here? Whatever you know. Because it's important to listen to their approach. I, I mean, for my generation, it was was so hard that you have to create your own lessons at the same time. Yeah. So you have to analyze what how far 
I mean, they are not in the same level, like reading or a slap or time or uh, or improvising. Yeah. So you have to do like a self-analysis of your music performance and yeah, your music yeah. abilities and then make a plan. That's what I did. That's what you did, yeah. And who were you listening to at that time? I wanted to play a little, like Larry Graham solo, like Jack, and read like Anthony Jackson. It's good to wipe yeah. <laughs> I said, okay, I want to play Jungle Steps, okay. I wanted to play this. So I started looking for uh, teachers yeah. that uh, have that information. So I started with uh, Jerry Bergonzi, yeah. great Play, a teacher, a great player. And what were you learning from Jerry Begonzi, like harmony and improvisation? The concept of how to study. That because you have so many books now, I mean, so much information, but you don't really know how to take it, what to do with it. And then I studied with a, a piano player that plays like Bill Evans because I love Bill Evans and I wanted to see what's going on. Yeah. So I studied a lot of the arpeggios and things like, you know, he thought that I was like a virtuoso. So, okay, 200, three scales and Dorian. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> Can do that. <laughs> you know? All keys for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> yeah. But in that sense, that makes a, a good challenge yeah. because that's what. It, if he didn't know that I have some ability to learn that, he wouldn't send it. The whole yeah, way. he wouldn't give you an yeah. impossible <laughs> yeah. whole yeah. notes at forty. You know. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. But he says, "Okay, let's do it." And were you studying with any bass players as well? No. So it's just. Yeah. Well, Jerry Begonzi, for everybody that's watching or listening, is a sax player. Yeah. And but he's a multi instrumentalist. He plays oh, he drums, plays and, and, and piano, plays yeah. piano yeah. at the same level. And like in terms of like studying with these guys, like was it a weekly thing? Was it a monthly thing? Yeah, weekly. Weekly. Yeah, half yeah. an hour. So you were still really like tuned into honing your craft as a musician. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when I was studying with the piano player Mike Mara, I my first gig in Boston was with a country or western band. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I played that for nine months. Oh, was it a regular gig? Yeah, yeah really. Yeah, so yeah. we traveled Maine, Vermont, and like, in a van. What I did, I tell you, I took a lesson with uh, Bruce Gertz. That oh, was my, one yeah, of the yeah, first yeah, lessons. Gertz, yeah, yeah. And then one with uh, Jeff Berlin as well. So Bruce Gertz, guys, still teaches at Berkeley, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah upright player. Yeah. He plays electric as well. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, yeah. Also, super dedicated. He has great books. Yeah. He plays acoustic great. And, and Jeff Berlin, uh, yeah, he play piano with one hand and the left hand with the walking bass. I was like, what? What? Seriously? <laughs> I was like, what? Walking bass on the oh, fretboard yeah. and you yeah, play the super, chords. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 Super yeah. talent. And he, I took only one lesson. I said, okay, learn this tune. Apply these scales. I said, that's it. That's all I need. How, yeah. what do you do to learn one tune? Yeah. That, that, for me, is important to analyze the concept, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. not about the scales. It's like how to approach how to study how to actually study the stuff yeah yeah it's and really then you figure it out yeah. so when did you start teaching at berkeley and, and when did that you know when did that transition happen yeah well i met there met i was uh, start playing with some bands in in boston we traveled to new york and so on you know yeah. the, the usual thing that the bostonians or berkeley students do after they graduate or in the meantime so i started meeting people in new york and then i in Boston, I played with a band called Tropica, Tropicalia. 
that was playing like Brazilian stuff, and yeah. we opened that time. In that time, Latin jazz was super huge, and then uh, Tania Maria, Michel Camilo, yeah, Ayrton, yeah. Paquito start playing, and then we opened for them. Yeah, yeah. So then I met Lincoln Gomez. That's another guy that is teaching at Berkeley now. What, Lincoln was already teaching at Berkeley, was he? No, no. He, he wasn't. Lincoln, he has started teaching like five years ago. Right, okay, yeah. But he he was playing with Michel Camilo, with Paquito, with all the, yeah. with Tania Maria yeah. recording. Yeah. So then we became friends. He came to my house. And then uh, when Paquito played, and then we played, and then somehow he recommended me to play with Dave Valentin first. Yeah, so, yeah, because yeah, he did that gig as yeah. well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So then I started playing with Dave and so on. Then the slowly one time that he needed a sub in Boston to play with Paquito, he called me out to sub for him one set. So I did this. And you're still doing that gig now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Lincoln. <laughs> no, he knows, he knows, he knows. Yeah. But I tell you a, story, a funny story about the, the, uh, both gigs, actually. When uh, Lico said, man, you want to do this gig because he's going to be a tour in Europe and uh, Ray Barreto was playing congas. Yeah. Yeah. Great band, you know. So, okay, this is a list, 15 tunes. Okay, where are the charts? No charts. Okay, so I transcribe all the stuff, yeah. put a book together that I still have at home yeah. with uh, all the titles and the, I transcribe all the bass lines. So I go to the, the rehearsal in New York and uh, I open the book and Dave Valentin comes and says, man, let me check this. Man, you have more tunes than I ever played. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. So, it's, uh, and so we play two tunes and then Rehearsal is over, you know. What do you mean? No, 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 with you I don't need to rehearse. And he left. Really? Yeah. Like two tunes, yeah. now let's go on tour. <laughs> they trust me, it. they trust me, yeah. Wow. So we went on tour. And the same thing with Paquito. There was at the Regatta Bar in Boston. I same, you know, I brought my book and, 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 and I transcribed all this stuff. Yeah. And then I go to the rehearsal and we play a couple of tunes. And Paquito said, okay, rehearsal is over. I said, what do you mean? Okay. And then he left, went to his room and then got a... Like a jacket, a red jacket that I never, I never wear, of course. Uh, that in the back says uh, Havana, New York Ensemble. You know, yeah, that was yeah. his, the name of his band. And he gave it to me and says, Welcome to the Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great story. <laughs> you know, so those, in those occasions. But that taught me, you know, that you have to be over prepared. To yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to know the music better than they do if you want to get that gig. Yeah, yeah. You know, Is that something you've always been, yeah. And it kind of sort of like ties back into that discipline and yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah. then everybody trusts you. Yeah, they don't need to stress about yeah. if you're going to do a good job or not. They know that you've got them covered and they can just, they can worry about doing what they do yeah. Yeah, instead of everybody funny. else. You yeah. know, you do it because you want to learn and you're going to be efficient. But it's like your professional side, they look at that. You know? But Berkeley is funny because I used to play uh, with a club date or a GB band, that's what they call it. Yeah, we yeah, play weddings. Yeah. And then we did three or four years on the road, the Berkeley Christmas parties. Funny. And then uh, the chairman at that time, Rich Appleman, yeah. showed up and the players. But at that time, I was playing around Boston, you know, yeah. a lot. So, uh, uh, one, uh, then summer, I think it's 87. Uh, a bass player passed away, acoustic player, John Neffs. And through the drummer that used to play with this band, that was a, he, Dave Wager, he was a teacher at Berkeley and playing with this GB band. He yeah. said, man, you know, the, this guy just passed away and they're looking for two elect for electric player. Yeah. I want you to give it a try. I said, I said no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, oh, really? Because yeah, I wanted to play. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, I'll do it. So uh, in Peru, I had uh, a lot of records, uh, vinyl that I record. So I, yeah. I prepared, you know, a little thing. 
And then I called them. They says, okay, uh, you know, Mr. Appleman, I, I heard that Berkeley, na 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 na, is looking for a bass player. Okay, so he said, okay, come next week for a meeting. So I brought all these books, I mean, uh, uh, the vinyls, and yeah. then I brought a lot of programs. I collect a lot of stuff. So I have all the programs in Peru that I play with these orchestras. Yeah. So I brought them. And then he was with an or, uh, with a chairman, with assistant John Repucci that uh, he uh, retired a couple of years ago. Yeah. So they were both sitting there. And I said, okay. So uh, we are we're looking for this type of explain. I said, okay, this, this is what I do, you know. And they look at it, man, there's nobody in the department that has so many records. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I have a lot that I've yeah, yeah, through, been, you know? yeah, So yeah. I have experienced that. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so let, let's we do uh, what are your intentions or what are And then I said, okay, they, they told me, come back next week. I'm, we'll give you a call next week. Yeah. Okay, they call me next day. Said, you want to do the game? <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 But what is funny is like Danny, Morris, and me, we both got hired. At the same, at the time. same time. Yeah. yeah. That's it's amazing. It's funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But both still there now. Yeah, we're yeah. still there now. But Berkeley has helped me out in the sense of they give me freedom to uh, try material. Yeah. So my the book that I wrote is based on a lot of things that I've done during my teaching at school. Yeah, because you're yeah. working with students every single yeah. week, right? So yeah. For how many years? Thirty, 30 years. Yeah, okay. 30 so years, yeah, you've got yeah. your teaching chops down, right? What happened is when I when I the first class lesson that I did in a workshop about Latin music, it was too complicated. Well, you know, what I was, was going to say here. is like, yeah, was anybody teaching Latin there? Uh, there was one guy, but uh, he uh, left. But somehow timing is is another good thing for bass players. Yeah, if they had yeah. the right timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he left, and I started teaching that class, but in a different way. He, yeah. he, because he was just teaching uh, reading. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so right, yeah. reading is fine, but you doesn't help you out or how to improvise in a chord change. Yeah, yeah. You know, play yeah. what I'm gonna play. But when I started teaching, I started. Too high. Yeah, too high. And the, the guys, you know, they, they have no idea. What are you idea. talking about? <laughs> yeah, it took like four or five lessons to understand something. Yeah. So then I, okay, so I have to f do the research of Cuban music in this case. What was the beginning of Cuban music? Yeah. So that, okay, half notes, okay, great. You know, quarter notes, okay. Because yeah, I would yeah, say, oh, yeah. the tumbao, that's it. There's no way. It's music way before that. Yeah. So yeah. then the bass part comes from the piano and so on, and then it develops into this a song and whatever styles. But then it was very easy to understand the, the bass timeline, if you want to name it, you know? Yeah, yeah. okay, the timeline in terms of like the development of the bass lines yes. that were getting played yeah. in, in Cuban yes. music, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, It's yeah. funny. But then you apply that to all the styles. Yeah. Yeah, because some of them are really funky as well, aren't they? Like, they've got there's so much groove, man. Like, in terms of, like, if somebody's listening to this and they maybe haven't even heard of, like, some of the basics and, like, I always, like, tell people that um, my my kind of route into enjoying, or not even just enjoying, but, like, just uh, getting my getting my face blown off in terms of like what the heck was that was the Michelle Camilo big band that's the first time I'd heard anything like that and then after hearing that I was like whoa you know looking for artists and ended up getting you know Lincoln Goins's old yeah. VHS video with Robbie Army yeah of course in terms of artists what other artists do you think people should check out just to get a, a flavor of you know of, of all the stuff that's that's going on out there 
Yeah, well, not only bass players, right? Yeah, no, absolutely not, yeah. Yeah, so you have to check out the composers. In Cuba, yeah. uh, I interviewed one time Chucho Valdez, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. so I said, okay, Chucho, what's the deal here? I said, okay, if you want to learn uh, Cuban music, you have to listen to Ernesto Lecuona, Arsenio Rodriguez yeah. from the Son Montuno, yeah. Los Van Van, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Iraquere. Yeah. That's the, that will <laughs> tell you where the history is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to hear a kind of sort of like a good um, a spread. Yeah, because Ernesto Lecuona's compositions, they involve a lot of the Cuban dancers from the 1800s. So he has uh, tunes in different keys that are played only for the piano, but you have to be a virtuoso in order to, to play that by yourself. Yeah. Because you have a, a scenario baseline that is very complicated against all this sort of stuff. Right, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. then you understand, oh, now I know I, you could hear the rhythms on the left hand. Yeah, because a lot of the rhythms are like locking in with the, with the, with the piano, aren't they? And then obviously like the percussion as well. There's like a real, it seems way more rhythmically, um, not advanced, but kind of advanced than general Western music, you know, sort of like pop yeah, folk. Yeah, it's like feeling like 10 people talking at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 10 people, but, it, but yeah. it all interlocking. And I think the, uh, and it's all, it's very syncopated, isn't it? That's, it's like a really, stylistically, there's some places where like I wouldn't naturally feel like downbeats in uh -huh. certain places. And I think there's, it's something that you can probably only get from listening to and playing that, you know, that style of music or those styles of music like you have, and really, you know. Yeah, but I did a research. It's like not you cannot find it on the radio. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to know where to do the, the actual composers. Yeah, yeah, who to, to look for, to, yeah. and then every style that you gonna try to learn is like ten bands that they all play different. Yeah. So you have to well, okay, where is the beginning here? Yeah. You know? when you work with students at Berkeley, what are some of the, like the common mistakes that you see cropping up? Well, the only I mean, for me uh, to develop an identity is super important. You know, because all the influences that you have or that I have are different. Yeah. But then it shows when you play. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. It's the same way when you have you have read books. So in this case, Vargas Llosa against or writers in Latin America, they use different words. Yeah. yeah. So they become to be part of your vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. So then you, I mean, you can control that unconsciously. It comes out when you play. You know. Yeah. So you have to be very uh, able to control. The, the vocabulary, the, the, like that the melodic yeah, and yeah. the rhythmic language of his style in order to be as authentic as you can. When you talk about a matter, you talk about the subject, you have to be careful, you know, so it, it's yeah. always like that. It took a long time to, to, to develop that, to understand. And he's still taking time because I'm still trying to learn more stuff, trying to learn more harmony, play more piano. Yeah. Who are you listening to now? I listen whatever I can. Oh, I actually going back. I'm going back to the identity. I listen to what the students listen. Right. Really? Yeah. So they're sort of like saying, hey, "Have you yeah. checked out this?" Yeah, because I was yeah. going away, looking to another direction. So I listen to Thundercats. Oh, how this thing works? Okay, great. So listen to all these different <laughs> bands to understand what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, and there's never a better time to find new music as well because it's 
not predominantly yeah. free and on the internet for people to listen to on YouTube or Spotify or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. any of them, you know, any of them places. But I mean, my recommendation is to, to I mean, all, no matter how much you listen to our players or our music, you have to develop your own identity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, yeah. your own sound. Then uh, well, it also depends what kind of bass you have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your own absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think it does, and I think that it's 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 really easy to to miss that part. Like yeah. I I play P basses predominantly, right, and that's right, like yeah. a big part of my sound. Like I think yeah, but that's what we had in the seventies. You know, sixties, seventies. That's what it was around. Yeah. So everybody, even though they were precision if you hear like Paul Jackson and Rocco Preston you could identify them yeah yeah that's true actually yeah, yeah 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 different touch different yeah. feel and even Jacko you know so everybody found their own sound yeah their with own almost sound, yeah. the same bass yeah. super interesting isn't <laughs> I, mean, I could talk about they this all stuff. sound great though. yeah yeah they all sound great but they've also got their own personal thing yeah. where can people find you if they want to come and stalk you online if they want to come and watch you play if they're in Boston or something like that or well I have or, a website uh, Oscar yeah, Senior Music but I'm in Facebook, you know. I, I'm pretty, I'm not, and also at Berkeley, the uh, Berkeley website, you can yeah. find me. But on the way, I mean, if you write Ostagnaro at Berkeley, that edu, I'm there. Yeah. You're on Instagram as yes, well. Yes, yes, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Of, oh, and then I have a bass program in Latin America called Bass and Vivo. Yeah. That I'm trying to develop this education and is program. That, is that linked to your website? Yes. Cool. Everything's cool. there. Yeah. Guys, if you want to go check all that stuff out, what we'll do is we'll link to. If you're listening on the podcast on iTunes, go to the website, you'll find the page under podcasts, obviously. If you're watching this on YouTube or on the site, it will the link will be below to Oscar so you can find out where he's at and, uh, and go and harass him. Now, we're going to record a course now. So take, take it easy, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Oscar. Thanks, man. Awesome, My pleasure. Man. Awesome. Thank you.